Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. As David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Sometimes it's a long journey, but it's okay. Amen. Gives us time to praise the Lord on the journey. It gives us time to pray and meditate and see lots of God's beautiful creation. And some, we came across some dogs standing in the middle of the highway a couple of times. Dogs, you know, just standing there looking at us. And I slow down and go past them. The dog would stop and look at us like, are you my mother? You know, it's like, no. <laughs> Fourth thing, you know, I just I hope their owners find them. But we, that that slowed us down and then we got a little bit further down the road and another couple of dogs in the middle of the road just standing there looking around and we got on down the road a little bit more and another one it's dog day they said dog days of summer but i guess it's the dog days of fall and then we got to through and there were two little troublemakers out in the middle of the road blocking traffic and then we got past them and there were two wild horses over there just feral horses just you know grazing so praise god we got here okay amen our God provides. Amen. I think it was last week we had that big, huge, flat blowout tire. And, and this week we're riding on four brand new tires. Hallelujah. God provides. Amen. It wasn't because of nothing that we can do. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's all God. So we give him the glory. We thank God. Mm. Hallelujah. That's just a little testimony this morning. Glory to God. Turn with me. We're going to be in the book of John this morning. Um, the Gospel of John. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that group, <laughs> those guys. Um, John chapter 15. Hallelujah. Let me get my... Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. What kind of way is it that we walk in as Christians? What do we call it? The bright and shining way. I'm like, oh, yes, amen. There is a way that seemeth right unto man. Amen. It leads to just death and destruction, but the way of the Lord is narrow. We walk a narrow path, amen. We walk a narrow path, but it's not a, a hard path. It's a narrow path because we know where we're going. Amen. We know what direction we're headed in. And the Holy Ghost is right there to lead us all the way down and, and to guide us all the way through. And, and you, I don't know, as, you know, I think all kids do this, all young people do this. You, you, get, you find something, whether it's a balance beam or one of those parking things out there or a railroad tie or a log across a, a stream or something. But you get out there and you walk on it, right? Maybe you pretend that it's a tightrope. I never did the tightrope thing, but I did walk on lots of logs and, and sticks and things across the creeks and just whatever we could find. We'd make uh, obstacle courses in our backyard when it was uh, the, the season for the Olympics. We would get out there and make our own little obstacle courses. It was way before the Ninja Warrior things. What, what is that? It's before those competitions. It was, you know, back when the Olympics was super cool. And, and we'd get out in the backyard and we'd find milk crates and we'd find pieces of wood or whatever we could find. And we'd make little things that we could, you know, jump over, um, long jump. You know, the school did all those competitions for the government to see how far you could jump, the broad jump, the long jump, the 
hurdles, all those things. We make all those and we do all that stuff in the backyard. And so we learn what it is to walk a, a tight rope or a straight and narrow. Amen. I don't think any of us have been in the circus, right? Nobody's been in the circus? You, you've been in the circus? I bet you got some people. <laughs> anyway, that, um, that, that you can walk, you know, that straight and narrow path. And you learn to, if, it, if you put one foot in front of the other, you get wobbly. So you turn your feet like this, right? So your feet kind of hold on to that, that thing. And you, if you're really good, you put one foot in front of the other, right? Don't look down, all that kind of stuff. But the Lord teaches us how to walk, this walk. You know, Jesus said, the Bible says that if we call ourselves Christians or followers of Jesus Christ, we ought to walk as he walked. Amen? So stick with me. We're going to learn a little bit about this today. So what the Holy Spirit led me to this morning, or, the, or is bringing us to this morning, what he led me to in preparing for this morning's message, was the book of John. And then he said, disciples, teach my people what it means to be a disciple. And I thought to myself, well, we know what disciples are. We know we know what that means. Everybody knows the definition of disciple, the root word, maybe. And I remember in our back in the days when I was a youth pastor, we had we were trying to name our little youth group, and one of the the guys kept wanting to call us the disciples. And uh, for some, whatever reason, it wouldn't stick. They didn't like the disciples, so we went with um, the worship, worship, and we had the refuge was the name of our group, you know, our little church group. I don't think we ever got a name. Like if nothing really stuck except the refuge. I'm looking at Larry like he knows. I don't know. But um, somebody, they named us the Clay Hill Crusaders, and I didn't like that too much. So we went we moved on from that and became the, the refuge. But to be uh, disciples, what does that mean? You know, what is the root word of the, of the might ask our, our students over here and over here, what is the root word of disciple? Or what does it derive from? Discipline, that's right, discipline. Nobody likes that word, discipline. I don't want to be disciplined. I, I thought you said that if I came to Jesus, he was going to make my burdens easy and my yoke light, and it was going to be backwards from that. And he was going to, it was, he was going to make the, way, the, straight way path, the straight path easy because he was going to walk with me and he was going to do all these things for me. And it's all about what, what he's going to do for me. What does this mean, dis Discipline. You mean I'm going to get in trouble? I have to go stand in the corner with my nose in the corner? I have to, have to, what was it? One guy, we won't call his name because we're going to draw attention out, out of the message, but there was a, um, a man who was seeking the Lord and trying to do everything he could to try to find out the ways of God, and he had done something he thought was not pleasing to God, so he was climbing up and down the stairs on his knees repeatedly till his knees were like, I don't know if they're bleeding, but they were very badly injured. And, and at that point, God spoke to him about grace. And it gave him an understanding of grace. That we're saved by grace, not by climbing up and down the stairs on your knees. Amen? It seems silly to us. But this was revelation to them at this time. Because they had fallen the whole a majority, I won't say the whole, a majority of the, the people, followers, had fallen into this dark age of thinking that they had to do all these things, these penance things, to, to get God's attention or for him to love him or for them to, to have some, you know, if they were, it, it wasn't enough for them to, to, to repent, they had to do things 
to be found pleasing in God's sight. And that's not what I'm talking about, okay? We're talking about discipline, self-discipline, self-control. The Holy Ghost disciplines us, and he leads us, and he guides us. He says, don't, 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 don't go that way, go this way. You know, he keeps us on the path, amen? If we'll allow him to, he will direct our paths. That's his plan, amen? He, the Holy Ghost came to lead us and guide us in all truth, and all righteousness. And so I just, I cannot implore you enough. I can't beg you enough to learn to hear the Spirit prompting you, speaking to you, leading you. The, learn to know when the Holy Ghost is bearing witness to the Word of God. Lots of times, we had a discussion with some ladies the other night, Larry and I, and, and, a, and a gentleman. I had a discussion with some people the other night, and they were talking about... Um, how you can feel the spirit or how certain people are, are called to um, things, but then they go and they use it for the world. And how is it that we can feel the spirit on them even though they're, they're lost in the world? It's because of the anointing that's there. It's because of the gift and the calling that, that God hasn't repented of. It's still there. Amen? And they can take one or two words. Now, this you'll see this all over the world, and I'm not asking you to go looking for it, but it's everywhere. It's in the music. The worldly music, they take scripture out of it and they'll put it into worldly music. Why? Because it pricks your heart. It brings forth some emotion. It stirs your human spirit. It stirs the, the and if you're full of the Holy Ghost, it'll stir the spirit of God even because it bears witness. But you've got to hear what the spirit's saying. He'll say, this is not my song, but that's my word. And they're twisting it. Amen. What does Satan do in the garden with the word of God? He twisted it. He didn't quote it correctly. He misquoted it. He misapplied it, right? And in, in, in the temptation, when Jesus was led up by the Holy Ghost into the um, wilderness to be tempted, what did Satan do with the scripture? Misinterpreted. He misinterpreted it. He misspoke it. He said it wrong every single time. And Jesus said it right back to him correctly. He corrected it. Amen? Amen. He spoke the whole thing. So we have to take the whole loaf. We have to take the whole scripture. We have to rightly apply the word of truth. Amen? The Bible says that we need to study the word to show ourselves approved unto God rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen? We've got to have the Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us in it. We need understanding. And we need Holy Ghost anointed ministers and teachers. Amen? If we didn't need them, the Bible wouldn't say that he's given these gifts. Amen? To the church. Am I right? Amen. Amen. Okay, that's just a precursor. Let's jump into John chapter 15. I'm going to start with verse 1 just so we have the good background behind it. So Jesus is speaking here, and he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes it away, and every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it might bring forth more fruit. Jesus is speaking, and he says, I am the vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away or cuts off. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it that it might bring forth more fruit. When you have a tree and you pick the, the fruit off of it, it'll make more fruit. It'll produce more next year. 
Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You cannot bear good fruit in and of yourself except you abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, Jesus says, and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abides in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. So shall ye be my disciples. If we're disciples of Jesus Christ, then we abide in him. Amen? So a disciple was, uh, if I had, how do we say it? So a disciple is like a student, right? You guys are, just, are students, but are you disciples? There's a, there's a little bit different. So, and a disciple is a follower, Amen? And lots of times you say, people say, well, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And if you watch them, you'll see, are they truly a follower? Because they'll be a disciple. If, 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 you're, if you're following what I'm trying to say here. A follower of Jesus Christ will emulate and act like Jesus and bring forth good fruit. Amen? Didn't Jesus say you'll know a tree by the fruit it bears? Amen. And you'll know a vine by the fruit it bears. The same thing. It's a tree. Amen? So we have grapes out here. We didn't know what kind of grapes they were going to be. Maybe when we planted them, I'm sure we, you know, our, the person that gave them to us told us. But you know, after a couple of years of waiting for grapes to come, you begin to forget. But they're pretty purple grapes with seeds on them, and they're sweet and they taste good. Amen. And we could have pulled it up and thrown it away the first year because they didn't make grapes. But that's not how a grapevine works. You have to keep giving it some soil and giving it water and giving it food so it grows and brings forth good fruit. Amen? And so that's what, that's what the rabbi, the good teacher, does. He continues to work with and, and help shape and mold this disciple into his likeness and image. Amen? So every time we come into his presence, that's, a change, that's coming into his glory. That is, he is changing us from glory to glory into his likeness and image. Amen? Amen? All right, let's talk for just a second about a definition of disciple. So a disciple um, is a learner, a pupil, a follower, right? Everybody agree with that? So in, in the, it comes from the root word discipline. And why is it, why is it called discipline? It's because you, dis, you, you, you submit yourself and you discipline yourself to the instruction and the teachings of the teacher, right? So in those days, the, the um, teacher, the rabbi, would go out and he would choose disciples. How many of you remember when Jesus chose the 12? The different stories. Yeah, he would go out and he'd say, he'd call them by name. Or, or say, hey, come on, you know, I'm just going to paraphrase. Come follow me, right? And he would speak to them and they would, they would just be, you know, 
you know, some, this Holy Ghost draw them. And they would just come and they would follow him. They, Peter, them, they forsook the nets. They forsook their dad's business. They forsook a really good money-making venture to follow Jesus Christ. They, they forsook everything to follow Jesus Christ. Right? So that's what they, they, they submitted themselves under his teaching, under his leadership, under his guidance. So that's what we are to do. We are to submit ourselves under God's teaching, under his leadership the, by the Holy Ghost, and under the Holy Ghost's leadership. So that's what it means. That's, those are definitions of a disciple. But a disciple, there's a couple of words that are like attributes of a, of a disciple. And some that came to me as I was writing these, jotting these down right quick were that a disciple is submitted. They're humbled. They're submitted to authority. They recognize the authority in their life, and they submit to it mostly and, and above all unto God. Amen? They submit to that authority. They submit to the teachings. They submit to his ways. And so that, that being submitted is one of those things that a disciple is. A disciple is a, a person who is obedient, one who is obedient to the ways and the teachings of their good master. Amen? So what does it what does that mean? So you think, well, lots of times, you know, you see kids in school and they're, they're walking the straight line. I saw two little kids yesterday and they were waiting for their grandpa to come around and they were standing there just so sweet. I mean, I'm like, I don't know, like little soldiers and they had their hands folded and they were standing there. And I thought, wow, those kids are so just standing. I mean, it was just a split second. And I thought they're just standing there so still and so quiet, just waiting for grandpa to come back around the corner. And, um, you know, they were, grand, Grandpa could see them, so they weren't, you know, off in La La Land or anything. And about the time that thought passed through my mind, the little boy started doing the Roger Rabbit. <laughs> and nothing wrong with him, he was dancing. And I thought, well, he's still standing in place, he's still waiting, but he's, you know, he's got some freedom going. <laughs> Don't ask me to do the dance, I can't do it. But he started, he started doing this little dance, and I just thought, oh, that's so cute. I, I don't know if it was a Roger Rabbit or, anyway, one of those dances. <laughs> and he was just, having a blast and then one of his, his little brother got in on it and, and then but the little sister she stood there and she waited she, I don't think she danced she was just standing there waiting you know why because grandpa was coming with a handful of quarters for the gumball machine and they knew that gumball was coming amen they submitted to authority yeah and they loved their grandpa yes and they loved their grandma but they also knew something good was coming there was a reward amen there are rewards all along the way as we walk this narrow path there are rewards all along the way and they're so numerous and so big and so vast we can't begin to you know, people tell me sometimes you should write a book and my mind gets like all jumbled up because i can't think of all the things all at one time and i know that's not how you write a book but I just get, my mind gets all excited about all the things that God has done and all the things that he's going to do and all the things he's doing right now. And where do I start? You know, people say, well, start at the beginning. One time I had to write my, uh, my autobiography or what do you call it? Like a, it almost turned out to be an autobiography. <laughs> it was supposed to be a letter uh, to the church, to the Pentecostal Church of God for, to uh, be your pastor here. And uh, they just asked me to write a brief, Resume, like where you, so I started off. I was, I was born in 19, blah, 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 to Mary Dell and David Whitworth. And, <laughs> and it started off just like that. I had to cut it out, cut some stuff out, cut some stuff, just stick with what's important, what, what pertains. It was kind of funny. But when we think about all the good things that God has done for us, 
It's vast and innumerable. Amen? You begin to think, oh, remember that time God did this? You know, and, and I know we have smartphones now, a lot of us, and they pop up with memories. I hear people, I'm just walking through the store, and I hear some elderly lady say, oh, it popped up in my memories yesterday. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's just odd to me to hear other people talking about it or hear people talking about it. And so you have these pictures that pop up on your phone and remind you of what happened on this day and 10 years ago. Or what happened, you know, and sometimes it's random. Like yesterday I had pictures, a whole video of uh, our, our youngest granddaughter being born and I was like whoa <laughs> but you know there's there's like so many things that God has done and we don't need our smartphone to remind us of it amen just look around look at your mom and dad look at your grandma and grandpa look at your family you know all the good things that God is doing in your lives right now the fact that you're still breathing amen amen the fact that he woke you up this morning and you made it to church this morning, praise God. Amen. The fact that you had a good, maybe you had a good breakfast, maybe you had a bad breakfast, maybe you hadn't had breakfast yet, but you're going to eat today. Amen. I guarantee every one of you is going to eat something today. Praise God. We've got a roof up above us and shoes on our feet. Like the song says, we got so much to be thankful for. So we, there are so many blessings along the way. See, I was going to get up. I'm getting caught up in the blessings and getting so excited about what God is doing. But as disciples, we are chosen. We are handpicked. Now, I'm not saying that you're predestined as like, you know, not, I'm not really saying it like that. What I'm saying is that with the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, amen, the moment that people began to pray for you, the moment that you began to pray and began to acknowledge God, those, those, all those moments added up to that moment where you said yes to the Lord. Amen. Amen. And the whole and, and Jesus was calling you all the time, saying, Hey, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. Amen. He was calling. Five, four, five years old, didn't really know who he was. I know he was calling me. The more I look back at my life and the things that he said, the things that, that I saw and understood and had understanding of, I know that God was dealing with my, me in my life, even though I wasn't being taken to church. And I'm not encouraging you not to take your kids to church. I believe getting your kids into the presence of God is the best thing you can do. Amen? I believe that, that our children should be in the presence of God more than they're in any other presence. Amen? Amen? More than they're in the... They should be soaking up the goodness of God, the word of God, the, the praises of God, hearing it, seeing it, thinking it, breathing it, and more than anything else. Because why? Because he's God. Because he loves them more. Because this is temporal, and this is a flash in the pan, like a vapor. On earth, Job said, our life is but a vapor. As sure as the sparks fly upward, life is full of trouble. But we have this, this good confidence knowing that we have hope in Jesus Christ in the hereafter. Amen? Amen? That if we'll follow him, and so our kids need to know him. Amen? We need to know him. And we need to know his ins and outs and his movings and how he is because he loves us so much. Amen? Amen? Okay, so we're picked out. We're chosen. And we're chosen to be his disciples, to follow him, to learn of him. Who is Jesus in this story that we're talking about here? He's the vine, yes, but he's also our teacher. Amen? Amen. 
He's the one that's teaching them a parable right there. A parable is a story that Jesus told to help people understand, to get a, get a, a point across. Amen. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 40. If you, if you want to turn there. He says, The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Luke chapter 4, I mean chapter 6, verse 40. Luke 6, 40. Here we see Jesus as the master. And we understand that as a master, that he's the one that's the teacher. But it's more than a teacher. It's more than just a... Um, well, we had teachers in school. And I know back in England or London or places like that, they used to call the teachers schoolmasters. And they would kind of see over the whole class, class, the whole school. A master is more of a, a little bit higher level, I guess you would say, than just being a teacher in my understanding that when we call Jesus master, just like you were singing the song this morning, majesty, amen? And then we think about how he's our master, savior. Master, savior, Jesus. Why do we call him master and savior? Because we submit to him, amen? We submit to him more than we would submit to a regular school classroom teacher. We submit to him because he's, he's more than a teacher. He's, he's like a great teacher, a great ruler, an overseer, amen? He's more than just a, a classroom teacher, amen? amen. He, has, he has the keys to the kingdom that he gave to us, and he has the, the, if you will, the secrets to life, Amen? He has all the knowledge of what what's life and good good night good life, all the good things that we need to know, all the things that we need to know how to avoid, all the things how to live with people and how to prosper in this world and how to prosper in the next world. That we are to submit to our good master because he has all of those things and he has the understanding of it. We call him Lord. Why? Because he's our he's the supreme authority, the governor, the ruler. He sees over us. Amen? Lots of times we think, well, we just call him Lord because that's his name. His name isn't Lord. Amen? That's not his name. It's a title. It's who he is, but it's a title of who he is. Amen? Sarah, in the Bible, called Abraham Lord. Amen? Back in the old days, and when they, 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 was it, I can't think of the time period, but when they, they, they had the knights and the horses and the knights in shining armor and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? They would call people Lord. Lord so-and-so and Lord so-and-so and Lord so-and-so. And right now, here in America, if you would like to buy a, a one little piece of land over in, where is it? Uh, <laughs> where? Ireland. Oh, I kept wanting to say Lucky Charms. Over in, over in Ireland, if you buy this little piece of land, then you can become a landowner in Ireland, and that makes you a lord. And, and you can have the title Lord so-and-so and Madam so-and-so if you buy a piece of land over in Ireland. That's not who Jesus is. Amen? He's the Lord of Lords. So he lords over all of, all of the lords of the whole earth. Amen? He's the Lord of lords and the King of kings over the whole world. 
over the whole universe. Some people think there's other, other people living out there on other planets somewhere. Well, if they are, he's the Lord of them. Amen. Amen. He's still the king of them. It doesn't matter. He is the Lord of lords and king of kings, the creator of all the universe God is, and Jesus is the Lord of lords. Amen? Y'all with me? So as disciples, we're disciples to more than just a teacher. We're disciples to the Lord of lords, to the king of kings, to the greatest master to ever live and to ever will be. Amen? He is our Lord of lords and king of kings. <clears throat> Look with me at John chapter 13. We're going to go back to John again. John 13. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just give you praise right here. Glorify your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, in the, all throughout the scripture, when you look at the, the New Testament and the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. You look at those Gospels and you'll read through there and you'll see where the disciples ran to Jesus and they would say, Master, this is happening. Master, this is happening. And, some, and sometimes people come up to him, just out of the, the, the Pharisees, and they would call him good master and tell him that he, he, he speaks well, he was a good teacher. Amen? So we know that he was, he was considered to be a, a, a good teacher, a rabbi, a master even in the, the um, synagogues. And when the disciples would run to him, they would submit to him and they, would, they woke him up when the, the ship was at being tossed to and fro and Jesus was down there sleeping and having a good dream maybe just as you know, he was relaxed and fine. He wasn't worried about anything. He had said, we're going to the other side and he meant it. And so when he got in and he went to sleep, the disciples saw this great tempest, the storms coming, the tossing the boat all around, and they ran to him and said, Master, don't you care? Don't you know? Wake up. And Jesus got up. But my point is that they came to him and they called him Master. They didn't come to him and say, Jesus, Jesus. They didn't come to him and say, Teacher, Teacher. They came and called him Master. And I just find that very interesting. That they, the words that they chose at certain times to call him Master and where those words are applied. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, realizing that as disciples that they're learning to be like him. That they were disciplined and submitted to him in a manner they would re refer to him as Master. Not, hey, buddy. Hey, 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 homie. My, my, uh, Nephews went through this thing for a season and they were calling everybody homie and home dog and sup dog and you know sup. And one, one day we were having um, homeschool co op, I guess is what you were calling it. And we, we had our own little homeschool group. Um, we were working together. And uh, so he was in my class and one day he called me dog. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> you ain't calling me dog. And so we had this long discussion about calling, you know, your aunt. He's been required all of his life to call me Aunt Devana. And then he called me dog. And I'm like, no, I'm still your aunt. I'm your teacher. I'm not your dog. And then, so then fast forward a couple of years, I was a youth pastor. And I began to hear people say, and see t-shirts uh, and, and bumper stickers and stuff. And hear kids say, well, Jesus is my homeboy. And I was like, oh, oh, oh no, he's not. He's your master. Amen. He's the Lord of Lords. 
I remember, see, I, I could, you know, I think about things like, and we had a t-shirt, my daughter, daughter had a t-shirt, and her t-shirt said, property of Jesus Christ, and she wore it over to my grandmother's house, so it would have been her great-grandmother, and her great-grandmother said, that's sacrilegious, and I thought, how is it sacrilegious? We're just proclaiming the gospel, right? But to me, saying Jesus is my homeboy, that's sacrilegious, amen, <laughs> because he's not, he's not beneath you, he's not, he's not like that. Amen. We are to speak highly of him. Is he your best friend ever? Yes. Is he, is he your brother in Christ? Yes, he is. But he's the Lord of lords and king of kings. He's the only one that died for you. Amen. He's the only one that holds your breath. He's the only one that can intercede for you. He's the only one sitting at the right hand of the father ever making intercession for you. He's the only one that rose again on the third day. He's the only one that sent the Holy Ghost. Amen. He is the only one. We're not to belittle him or shame his name or drag his name through the mud. We're to lift up and exalt the name of Jesus. Amen. And to submit to his word and to his teachings. Amen. Hallelujah. There's so, there are so many scriptures that I wanted to read, but I don't want to keep you here all day. We're not doing an exhaustive Bible study on this. But what we want to come, what we want to go home with today is understanding that we are disciples of Jesus Christ. And, I, and I'm sure you're just looking at me going, Dolly knew that. But God wants you to know that you are disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. That, and in that, that he is shaping you and molding you into something more than you are right now. Amen. That he is, he's, he's, in being a disciple, it means that we walk this walk so that we can learn to be like him. So that when we come under pressure, we respond like Jesus. So that we, when we see, when somebody says, I'm sick, we respond like Jesus did. Amen. When we hear somebody say that somebody's um, going through hard times, we, we don't just go, oh, that's just too bad. We respond like Jesus would. We, we learn to learn to hear what the Spirit is saying to us, the Holy Ghost is saying to us, what Father God is speaking to us through the Holy Ghost, and we respond to it the way that Jesus did. Amen? Not with a bracelet and say, oh, I know what Jesus do. He flipped the tables. No. We, that was one time. Jesus didn't go around flipping the tables all the time. Amen? He didn't go around wreaking havoc. He went around healing people, showing the love of God, setting people free more than, more than he ever flipped a table. Amen? Yes, he was, he was wroth with that situation, and I was too. And he should have, and I applaud him for that. And he knew what he was doing. Amen? People were drawn to righteousness by seeing the indignation that rose up in Jesus Christ at that moment. Okay, everybody there? Where did I tell you to go? John 13, verse 35. All right, we're going to start in verse 34, of course. A new commandment I give you, this is Jesus talking again, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this all men know, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love, have love one to another. And we are to love one another like Jesus loved. Amen? And that's where people see. I know we sing that song. They will know we're his 
disciples, or they will know we are Christians by his love, by his love, by his love. But we, is it showing? Is it really there? Do we really love one another? Are we really moved with compassion? Are we really concerned when we get a text or a phone call saying so-and-so's loved one is in the hospital? Or we just go, oh, Lord, Lord, touch them. God, help them. I got to get back over here and wash the dishes. Or 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 do we stop and pray like that was our own child? You know, I'm talking to me too. Amen? We need to stop and pray like it was our own kid. We need to pray and move and let the Holy Ghost move through us like it's our own family member. Amen? This is where we should be feeling some conviction right now. Amen? That we, we say, Lord... I want to be like that. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be moved with compassion. I want to be moved by your spirit. I don't want to just be flippant and say, well, you know, I know somebody else is praying. Oh, well, pastor's praying. I don't have to pray. No, that we pray anyway. Amen. That we stop and we listen to the spirit to get into the spirit for, a mo- you know, for enough time to hear. Is there something I need to do? Amen. Sometimes God will move on you, and I'm not telling you that you know to do this, but God might move on you to send them a card, amen, or, or Venmo them some cash, you know, with a note. I don't know, but I'm just saying God will move on you different ways if you will allow Him to. And we need to be the people of God, amen, the family of God, that we are disciples of Jesus Christ, we're disciples of His Word and disciples of the Holy Ghost, that we are moved by Him, amen. This is good stuff, y'all. It's good stuff. He is our great rabbi. He, he chose us and he called us out from among them to be a separated people. When he, when, they would, when he went, he chose the disciples. And when he chose you and when he called your name and you said, yes, Lord, he chose you to come out from the world and be a separated people. Amen? Remember the story of Esther? Yeah. All, those, all those girls or women were brought from all around the region everywhere they all you know went through the whole cleansing and purification thing it was a, a long time and they would be getting massages getting their feet done getting their you know body purified and cleansed they went through the whole cleansing thing and they got their hair cut and trimmed whatever they got you know hair mask face mask got the you know everything clean and beautified and i mean this, this was a long process not just a weekend amen and so they went through all of this and they probably learned how to walk and talk and all these different things and how to greet the king and they went through all of that and one person was chosen and she was chosen before the foundation of the earth amen she was already chosen she was already planned that she would be the one because she was to rise up to be the deliverer of her people amen so Think about this. We see it. We always, I, I often look at it from Esther's side. You know, we identify with Esther. What about the king? What about from his side? He saw all these people come through. All these women come through. Uh, they probably, I don't know if they, oh, I can play the flute. I, can, I, don't know if it was, I don't know if it was like that. But they all came through and they all had to show themselves like what they could do and what they were you know, gifted in or talented in and what they looked like and what, where they come from, you know. And he chose Esther. He chose one. He chose one. And when he looks at you, he sees you. Do you understand? When he looks at you, he sees one. He sees you. He sees you. He sees you. He doesn't see a whole room of people. He's looking at you. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? And he sees you, and he calls your name to come out. Come out from among them. Be a separated people for me. Come and be my bride. Come and be with me. Amen? 
Come away with me. That's what he's calling you. To come and learn of me. Do you think Esther knew everything? She studied. She did her homework. She could read. She had been taught how to read. And she got into those scrolls and she read. And she studied and she learned about the king. And she learned about the history. And she learned about, she knew, she was able to read the, the whatever, um, scrolls about the Bible that we have today that are translated on. She read the history. She read all these things so that she could know how to address the king and how to speak to him. She became a disciple. Amen? To learn how to conduct herself in the king's presence. Whew. That's fresh from the throne room right there, y'all. I want to write it down and have it before we came in here. That's fresh from the Lord. He sees you and he's calling you to submit yourself to him, to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, to learn of him, to submit to all of his ways so that he can use you to rise up to be a deliverer to your people. Amen. Let's pray.